Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, we're going to start it the same way we started last yesterday. What? <laughs> Hopefully you guys um, went to YouTube and looked at that one because again, it's one of my favorite commercials of all time. Um, from Budweiser, I uh, even when I was a drinker, I, I don't drink alcohol at all right now. Um, and I should say, God, it's been do do 10, 11 years since I had a drink of alcohol. Um, I don't count it. Essentially what it was was I was training for, uh, well, I started training for an Ironman, wanted to train for an Ironman, was very early on in the training and Friday night went out for a drink uh, and it just used to dehydrate me. Alcohol did. And I said to myself, I really like um, Pepsi, Coke, Cola. Why am I drinking alcohol with any of it? Because um, I didn't like the taste of alcohol. So I just quit and, and just now I drink Pepsi and Coke. So I, I'm not healthier by chance. And by the way, I never competed in the Ironman. I, uh, four different times I've tried training and, and early on in all training, usually about midway through, um, I, I just wound up getting hurt, injured. I have plantar's fasciitis right now, so I'm not running as much as I want, but uh, no need to uh, linger on, on bad news. Let's talk about good news. And, and the good news is the market went up crazy yesterday. Um, I wrote on Twitter. I posted it on Instagram. I didn't expect it. Uh, it didn't like fly. Uh, personally, I was up 1.61%, lagging behind the NASDAQ slightly, 1.67%. Um, the S&P up 1.4%. Uh, the Dow Jones up 0.98%. Uh, futures are down, though, today slightly. Not as much as they went up yesterday, but just slightly. Um, again, I've said it before. I've said it many times um, this week. We're just waiting for the 10 a.m. press conference of Jay Powell. Now, here's the thing about Jay Powell. Uh, this is the conference where last year he said inflation was going to be transitory. Um, and uh, we should we should be looking to what he's saying, but everything that I'm reading says he's not going to move markets. He's going to kind of capitulate and just kind of be the normal Jay Powell, and, and that's what we want in a Fed chairman. You don't want too much stuff, but <clears throat> most likely he'll steer towards some type of rate gain um, over the next uh four months, I would say at least through the end of this year. The market uh, with the rally that we saw um, late July and early August, the market was, uh, in my estimation, the market was expecting to start easing in early next year. I think that's probably the best description. So I, I, again, I, my, at least my trading, I haven't traded a damn thing this week. Um, I've been scared. I've given you guys great tips like 
Baba? God. Baba yesterday, I posted it. I can't believe what a good tip that was, under 90 bucks. Um, you know, again, I'm 52 years old. I, I, everybody that I talk with, I chat with, um, that listens to this podcast is significantly younger. And, and kudos to you guys for being younger. And, and please, don't be afraid to reach out and ask me questions, even if you're older. I mean, I know I've got uh, several members of the Long Angle group probably listening to this. And, uh, hey, guys. But um, that was my best Becky voice when she sees her fellow uh, uh, yoga moms at Starbucks. Uh, but anyway, again, I think Jay Powell is going to just capitulate. So I'm not that worried about it. Uh, it was worrisome at the beginning of the week when I was hearing some, um, uh, some real bearish talk. But now I'm kind of thinking, you know, after hearing all of the people in Jackson Hole, they're just going to kind of capitulate and do uh, what anything uh, kind of uh, any. It's not going to move the markets. I think today you'll see kind of a flat market as well. Um, I just posted literally just now about um, SPY, uh, and I wanted to uh, go over seasonality, and I've had this on my notes for the past three days, and I just haven't gone over it, but I posted a seasonality SPY chart, uh, and you can look at it. It's from TrendSpider, and thank you, TrendSpider, and if you're interested in TrendSpider, there's a link pinned in my Twitter, and on Instagram, I have a link tree, um, and it's up there. There's a link to try out TrendSpider, I think, for seven days free. Um, and if you need anything, any help with it, I'm certainly here for you. But I wanted to point out that September is the second weakest month going back to 1993. This is almost 20 years. Um, 1993, September has a 52% gain in SPY, meaning 52% of the time it is up and 48% of the time it's down. So, um, my guess, you know, again, the, the, the worst month is June, and we did see uh, the June lows. And that's what everybody's talking about when you look at news on, on the overall market and the macroeconomic. And the June lows is what people are talking about, and that's 50%, so that's only 2%. If you go the other direction, just 3%, then January is the third worst month. So is there something to really um, hang your hat on on this one? No. I mean, you know, October... Every crash of the market that I know, Black Monday, um, the, the Great Depression, it was all October, um, and that's a 66% gain in the SPY. So, but this doesn't go back to, um, uh, it does go back to Black Monday, which was the dot bomb, but it doesn't go back to the Great Depression. Um, so, I, my guess is that this doesn't mean much just kind of want to point it out because of the situation that we're in. Um, it kind of points me towards, hey, be a little bit careful uh, of where you're trading. And again, I, I didn't want to trade because, you know, Jackson Hole, um, Powell, uh, September has a Fed meeting. So you will see an increase most likely. I think um, the, the uh, estimates are 0.75% again. But I wanted to point that out. Make sure everybody understands, you know, seasonality, looking back on things, even my algorithm. The algorithm doesn't look forward. The algorithm uses historical data to try and give you an advantage moving forward. That's all it does. Um, so, 
we want to look at, I'm, I'm looking at, uh, by the way, anybody who wrote to me yesterday and I, I four or five people, um, uh, I'll get to it. It'll be a kind of a long podcast because you guys did write to me a lot yesterday. Um, and kudos again, most, most folks are, are younger. Um, one thing that I noticed yesterday, Steve Weiss on CNBC and, and guys, I probably listen to CNBC the way you guys listen to this podcast. Um, it's on in the background. Most of the time, uh, I listen to this and by the way, a shout out my first million, um, that is a podcast that if you're not listening to it, um, listen to it. The two guys, Sam and, and God, hold on. I'm going to find out, uh, my first million podcast. There it is. MFMpod.com. Um, <clears throat> let me see. It's Sam and Sam and Sean. Why can't I remember Sean's name? Sean's one of my favorites too. Cause they, if you watch them on, uh, on YouTube, the, these two guys are great. Uh, Sam is, is kind of your, uh, <laughs> your Aryan nation kind of guy. Um, you know, blonde hair, blue eyes, very well built. And, and Sean's an, uh, Indian guy. And they, they, they joked. I remember they were joking about, um, <laughs> Indians are always the, the guys in the comment section and, and uh, of any pretty girl, blah, blah, blah. And it, it was just, it was hilarious. Just their discussion. These two guys are fantastic. Uh, I really, really enjoy this podcast and this podcast. So, you know, the overall theme of the podcast is these guys decide, um, you know, look at new businesses, decide the money making ideas, blah, blah, blah. They are both multi, multi millionaires, both of them. Uh, I probably uh, liken myself to probably Sam, and that's why I can always remember his name is just because, um, you know, he, he understands he's got enough money in his life, but he never, th he always has the fear of running out, which is the same thing for me. Um, and, and, and Sean is just funny on YouTube because he's got this little, uh, shit eating grin on his face the entire time he's talking. And I love the podcast that I want you to listen to is called drunk ideas, only fans for therapy, a secret bookcase for your phone and more. Uh, it was just recorded August 23rd. So I absolutely, absolutely loved that podcast. I love every one of their podcasts. I t I'd tell you guys to listen to their podcast rather than my podcast, but they focus more on business um, and ideas. But you guys are younger. You guys should understand what these guys talk about. Uh, I talk about macro and economics and understanding the market and understanding which stocks you want to put your money to, into. These guys talk about, hey, if I want to buy a business or if I want to build a business, how can I do that? Who can I talk to? Who can mentor me? That's exactly where you want to go. You guys are looking to my podcast probably to build generational wealth for yourself, your family, um, your kids, whatever. These guys do it. And, and I will tell you, these guys do generational wealth significantly more than the stock market will provide you. Yes, it's risky what they do. Um, they, they typically re, uh, go and invest in businesses. They invest in people. But everybody you hear them talk to uh, is super, super successful. It's inspirational. And again, it's my first million podcast. Uh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And I've been meaning to bring that one up for a while. You guys should absolutely be listening to that one. Um, but back to Steve Weiss 
who is a a, a, a bear. Um, and he was on CNBC yesterday. And like I said, I listened to it in the background. Steve Weiss added EQT to his uh, portfolio. Now, EQT is, we'll go to, uh, I'll go to Finviz because I know it's got natural gas in it. And EQT, I saw their CEO. Uh, I did not like their CEO on um, uh, CNBC the other day. He pretty much was saying, hey, we need to drill more. We need to uh, put more uh, pipelines in and everything um, that a environmentalist like myself uh, pretty much hates. And I forget the reporter that kind of confronted him on it and said, hey, you're just doing this as a person uh, who's the CEO of the largest um, liquid natural gas uh, delivery uh, company, um, and you're beating up the administration. Um, aren't we drilling and aren't we exporting and aren't we creating uh, more natural gas than we ever have in history? And he said, yeah, but we can do more. Well, F you. We could do more renewables too. Uh, EQT operates a natural gas production company in the United States. The company produces natural gas, natural gas liquids, including ethane, propane, istubane, butane, and natural gasoline. As of December 31st, it has 25 trillion cubic feet of proved natural gas, NGLs, and crude. I don't know what any of this stuff is. The company was founded in 1878 and is headquartered in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, uh, I am a fan. If you look at their stock, um, their most recent resumed coverage, $48 price target from Citigroup. Uh, Scotiabank has a $54 price target. Their forward PE is 6.18. Um, their current price is 49. Let me look at them in, yeah, it's 49.48 was where it closed. Now, you had a MACD cross up here on August 11th of 45.88. So you're not far off, you're 10% up, it does have all the confirmation in the world. Um, Steve Weiss said, hey, I'm going to hold this probably for six months. I think that's a good one. A again, EQT is up there. Um, their forward PE is uh, 6.18. Let's look at Chenier, which is the other uh, one. Their forward, on, uh, forward uh, PE on Chenier is 11.25. So EQT is a cent. Now, these are different businesses because uh, LNG, I'll just kind of read you the description from Finviz. Um, they're an energy infrastructure company, primarily engages in liquid natural gas. Now, here's what LNG is going to get. LNG is going to get $8 natural gas here in the US, and they're going to sell it over in Europe for $70, $80, $90. Um, so the profit is there for LNG. Now, EQT is probably the supplier of that natural gas at $8. So you're looking kind of downstream from this one. Now, EQT performance year to date, 126%. They have doubled their money in, in, in a year, uh, your stock. It was at 25 at, at let me see, at this point last year, it's at 20. So it's at, at again, 50 uh, but EQT, I wanted to bring that up and I thought it was important because again, Steve Weiss is a pretty good stock picker. He picked uh, Moderna early on and I'll get to Moderna a little bit later, but uh, he wants to hold this for six months. He said he hopes it'll do well. I think you'll get above 50. Do you get to 60? I think so. <clears throat> um, again, the, the, the natural gas, when you look at boil, 
I mean, Boyle, we've talked about this one for uh, at least a couple of months. Boyle on July 7th, $44.70. Today, it's at $110. $110. I didn't take this trade. I know there are a lot of you that are in it. High fives to you guys. Um, this is going to be one of those epic trades if you stayed in it. Again, I said uh, at back on, let's see, uh, August 10th, I think it got you out. August 10th, it got you out with a 64% gain. And you got a rebuy-in two days later at 98.14. I didn't expect any of you guys to get out. I wouldn't have gotten out on that button hook just because um, natural gas is one of those. It's a supply-demand issue. This is a macroeconomic. There's no more supply. Demand is going to go through the roof. You're entering winter in Europe. Putin is going to cut off Nord Stream. Uh, we've talked about this. December 5th, the oil embargo and all of the Russian oil uh, uh, Europe um, sanctions get put on. And what do you think Putin's going to do? He's going to freaking yank that, that crap out. So again, EQT is the one that, that Steve Weiss got into. Um, in my opinion, I think you could still do LNG. I think you could do EQT. EQT is kind of closer to the actual MACD cross-up. Um, the problem that you have with EQT right now is the RSI is at 63. Remember, at 70, you're overbought. So it might come down. You've had a recent volume spike in this. You don't have a catalyst. Their earnings are coming up October, October 22nd. Their uh, volume floor, the volume kind of uh, ledge, uh, there's one here at 45, which isn't huge. There's another one at 42. Uh, so your stop losses would probably be at that 45 and 42. If we see a pullback, and this is a big if in EQT, uh, I would say 45 is probably your purchase price point. And that's where the MACD last crossed up at 45.88 on August 11th. But I wanted to bring that one up because, again, Steve Weiss has been a huge bear. He hasn't been buying anything, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I thought that was an a good one. Another good one um, that was brought up yesterday on CNBC that I really like is PXD. And when you look at Pioneer Natural Resources, um, we haven't had a recent cross-up. But you did have one, well, I shouldn't say recent, but August 11th, you had a MACD cross-up at 229. Ever since then, you have taken off in this name, just taken off. You're entering your uh, ex-dividend date, which is September 2nd, uh, and they have quite a dividend. Let me see what their dividend is. I think it was 13, 9.7%. It's a huge dividend. So it's coming up here. Um, I think you do have, you have a volume shelf here at 256. You're trading at 259. Um, the next volume shelf that I see is 271. I don't know that you'd get 10% in this one, but I do know uh, the RSI is at 78. It is so overbought right now. Uh, I would probably wait till it got to 232. I, you're not getting to 232 before this ex-dividend date. If you're going to buy this and you're going to buy it for the long term, and the person who brought this up, I didn't write down his name, but the person who brought this up um, said PXD, and it might have been Joe Terranova, could double. Um, they're essentially their... PE is 10. The forward PE is 9. Uh, performance year-to-date is only 48%. Again, you look at a company like uh, Exxon. Um, 
Their PE is 10, their forward PE is 9, but their performance year-to-date is 61%. So PXD, in my mind, again, I think it's got a great... Um, God, their dividend is $25.44 a year. It's 9.79%. And most likely, they're going to increase that because you they're just going to print money in this third and fourth quarter. So um, I do think that, that you have an opportunity. Did the futures come down? Uh, I think they did. They're, they're coming down a little bit. But um, I do think that you have an opportunity in PXD as well. Add that to XOM, CVX. Uh, Devon, Oxy, COP, I'll add PXD to the list of uh, energy names that I think are an opportunity. Um, we've talked about Micron before because there is someone in my audience, It might I think it's Tom, um, who br- brought Micron and says it's great buy, it's his hometown kind of thing. Uh, 61.21 is the current price. You are not in this according to the, the algorithm right now, but you probably will have a cross-up, I'd say, today um, in Micron. I think anything under 60, and I've said this many times, anything under 60 on this, buy it for the long term. I, I think you'll at least make 10% on this, uh, whether you have to hold it, whether you have to sit on it, I think you'll be fine. Micron is a, gr- a well-run company with the Chips Act coming into um into the U.S., I think you'll see them greatly, greatly benefit from this. Now, uh, there was a gap here between 61 and 62. It's been covered on the way up. So you don't have any gaps. I think you'll go up to this uh, uh, 200-day, which is about 65. So if you can get it at close, to, close to 60, I think that's a great one. You have this button hook. You're going to have the MACD. You guys might as well buy it if you're, if you're looking at kind of to buy a chip today. Um, again, you look at Micron uh, from a fundamental standpoint, uh, MU, uh, their forward PE is six, or I'm sorry, their forward PE is 15, their PE is six. When I look at my favorite chip company, um, the forward PE of Qualcomm is 11, the PE is 12. So Micron is cheaper than Qualcomm. Now, Micron's in a kind of separate business. Qualcomm has 5G chips and they have self-driving chips. Micron is focused very much on, let me go down, uh, designs, manufactures, and sells memory and storage products worldwide. The company operates four segments, compute and networking business unit, mobile business unit, storage business unit, and an embedded business unit. It provides memory and storage uh, of DRAM products, which are dynamic random access memory, semiconductor devices with low latency that provide high-speed data retrieval. I have no freaking idea what that means, but they're a chip company. <laughs> so um, if you're a chip guy and you know Micron, buy the stock. Uh, Lamb Research was one that I had as well. Um, let me see if Lamb Research. Uh, uh, research. L-R-C-X. Let me see. I want to see if they have a MACD. They, they're about to have a MACD cross-up too. The um, Lamb Research had a $409 buy-in on July 8th, and it got you out on August 19th, so just over a month, 17% gain. That was with the, the chip rebound that we saw. Um, you're hovering right around the 200-day. Lamb Research is kind of the same as MU. Either one, I think, is good. Um, 
Let's look at, there was a, a final trades yesterday. Um, Karen Feinerman, who I'm a big fan of, um, TGT is hers. That was her final play. It hasn't had another MACD cross up. Um, this one uh, had a June 16th uh, buy-in at 144. You could have gotten this at 144. You're probably uh, <clears throat> patting yourself on the back. Uh, I think my average purchase price is 111. I bought a couple of shares on the way up, not too many, but it got you out with an 11% gain. I, I, I would never sell Target. Target, in my mind, is a rebound story. I think they're going to come in. They're going to fix their inventory issues, and you'll see this back at 200 at any point in time. Uh, it's going to have a MACD cross up here. Karen said she liked it as a finer trade. Um, I continue to say Target is a great one. When you look at Target, their PE is 19, forward PE is 13. Just look at their biggest uh, and most active competitor. The PE of Walmart is 27, forward PE is 20. I mean, tell me uh, Target shouldn't be there. Uh, Target is down 27%. Walmart's only down 6%. Target's going to come back. Target's going to be, you know, they're a well-run company. Um, one of the things Dan, um, Dan had said on CNBC yesterday, his final trade was XOB, which is the Home Builders Index. Um, and I looked at that. He said short that one because he sees um, there was a Home Builders. Let me see. Home Builders Index. Um, uh, XHB. Sorry, XHB is the symbol. Um, he said, hey, these should come down uh, based on some report. I think it was that home builders uh, are holding back or their costs are going up, something of that sort. I looked at this, and rather than short it, just buy DRV. Uh, let's look at DRV. DRV kind of pulled back a little bit with the up market. You're still at 39. Uh, 35.77 was the buy-in. Uh, on August 18th, You've, I said have a... Uh, floor of 38 yesterday. Uh, I thought it was going to come down. I think you'll see an update today. I think Powell won't say anything bad, and I think money's going to come back into the market. So if you're in DRV, I'd probably get out. But I think from a, a, another MACD cross-up perspective, it's crossing down. It will probably get you out. Remember I said there's these button hooks that happen in my algorithm. This is kind of on one of those button hooks. Um, and you've gotten your 10%. So I'd say uh, get out. Uh, it was using the 200 day as support level. Uh, there was an erroneous, um, report from a, what was it? Swedish gaming newsletter that, uh, Amazon was buying electronic arts. Well, that caused the stock to go up by 15% in the pre-market. Um, when you look at this chart, it is crazy. Literally one site in a, a, a Swedish gaming newsletter said, Hey, Amazon's in discussions to talk EA with EA. Well, the reason it went up is because Activision Blizzard uh, sold for 40% above the current stock price when uh, uh, Microsoft put in their bid. Uh, and that symbol is ATVI. Uh, ATVI in pre-market kind of went up the same, not the same amount, but slightly when this was announced. Um, you're at 79.18. I've said anything under 80 on this one. I think you're good because the purchase price from Microsoft is 95. Uh, Warren Buffett took this, I think, closer to 70. 
uh, not 80, but he took a big bet and a big stake in this one. Uh, they're expecting this one to be done in December. Uh, if you want a closer, uh, perhaps, purchase price, um, Twitter, because that's going to be October 19th, I think was the date of the court date. You can look this up, one out. But this one's hovering around 40. Um, you know, if Elon is not forced to buy this one, uh, this stock is worth $19. I'm holding on to this one with an average purchase price of, and by the way, I'm back in Fidelity, and this is why I don't do screen recording. Uh, I'll figure it out at some point in time. But my average purchase on Twitter, $44.90. I bought it down with some recent shares, not a lot, but some recent shares. Uh, so, um, one other thing. Oh, by the way, uh, Dell missed earnings, uh, and they are down. Let me look at their, but they're down. Willie had brought that up to me earlier in the week is he thought there was a possibility. Um, it's down slightly. It closed at 4790. Uh, it's down to 45. Let me look at it in the algorithm because I think I had said this was wishy-washy and I didn't think Dell was worth playing the thing. Well, Willie, if you got in at 42, um, closer to July 13th, um, then I think you're good. I think I had said, hey, I'm worried about this gap down here between 45 and 40, uh, I should say 45.23 and 45.91. That gap there worried me. Well, it's going down to cover that gap. Um, so hopefully you didn't get in in this button hook, which was around 48. Here's my thing with Dell, though. Uh, it's a super well-run company, Willie. If you're down on this, I, if you need the capital, sell it for the lost tax loss harvesting. If you don't need the capital, I think you could hold on to it and probably make some money. These guys aren't going to screw things up. Um, season, the, the, the PC demand is down. Make no mistake about it. That pandemic, people bought PCs. Companies bought PCs. You're not in a renewal cycle right now. Um, you're in a renewal cycle probably two years from now. And that's when Dell will probably soar. They're the best. Um, and, and I know from, from working at Earthlink, essentially, they would renew. We had a Dell representative who sold to us. Blah, blah, blah. You know, I have a couple friends who are Dell uh, salesmen, and they just call companies. And they're like, hey, we, we're on a, um, a refresh cycle. So uh, you want to get your PCs soon. So you're not in a refresh cycle right now. Uh, one thing I wanted to bring up, Bitcoin could be bullish. And, and there was a question yesterday, where do I get some of my news? Well, I've aggregated a, uh, podcast and I probably should make this public. I, I know I did before, but I probably should put it on the link. Um, a podcast, uh, Google, uh, I have an email. It's daily dot daily stock pick three at gmail.com. I think that's what it is. Reach out to me on Instagram and on, um, on Twitter because my email, I, I use it basically to cultivate this um, Google. Uh, so I use Google on my iPhone. It's just a Google News. It, it's called Google. You go into it and it's got news stories. Well, I use this uh, email address and I've cultivated it um, to basically come up with news stories. Uh, those news stories are typically from every, anything you can find on Finviz. I put a stock watch list on Google and uh, it brings up all of my, my stocks that I'm interested in. So anything that I bring up on the podcast, I try and put it into that Google uh, uh, stock list. 
and it will cultivate new stories on those things. It's kind of like Finviz. Um, I also go to Finviz and look at you know t- several of my largest uh, stock portfolio every day, so I can look at the news stories and things of that sort. Um, but another big place that I get the news is the CNBC app. And the CNBC app today, one of the top stories is Bitcoin could be bullish on this indicator. Uh, I'm going to read this to you, but I will full disclosure, I have barely any idea what this means. Uh, When the 30-day moving average for hash rate dips below the 60-day moving average, this is called a bearish cross and signals that miners are shutting down machines. Usually selling is associated with these events. As more miners are taken out of the market, the difficulty of mining Bitcoin reduces because there is less competition. Yeah. So... Essentially, what they're saying is uh, miners shut down and to stay afloat rather than mining, they sell their Bitcoin. And that is uh, Mara, M-A-R-A, which is a Bitcoin miner. You can see them kind of coming down. Um, Their RSI, they're probably going to have a MACD cross up. It's probably a good point to bring this up um, because Mara is right now you're out. What's interesting is. Um, July 6th, you had a buy-in at $5.04, okay? You just got out with 112% gain at $12. That's how bad the miners went down. July 6th to August 22nd, a month and a half, you doubled your money. Now, there's a clear volume shelf here at about 12 and that's where you're at right now. You're going to have a MACD cross-up. The RSI is at 37. MACD cross-up probably in the next day or so. Again, Bitcoin looks like it's down in pre-market. But Mara is one that you could play. Uh, I'll keep an eye on it. I'll look at it. They just had earnings. There's no catalyst here other than Bitcoin price. Mara trades with all of the crypto, uh, whether it be um, Ethereum, whether it be uh, uh, Bitcoin, Mara is a good play on this, and the reason is they mine. And what they do is at those times where uh, they have kind of an inverse thing, where they don't sell um, when Bitcoin is low. Uh, they, they, do, they, they kind of mine more when Bitcoin is low. This one has enough liquidity that they kind of do things backwards, and that's where the value comes into Mara. Now, Make no mistake about it. I don't think. Let me look. Um, Mara is not making money. Uh, you are down 60% on Mara. Their forward PE is 25, though. So Mara is probably a good bet in crypto. Um, it's a great trade. Your average win on Mara, get this average win on Mara is 111% with the algorithm. So when my algorithm tells you to buy, you've got a potential downside of 14%, a potential upside of 111%. The algorithm makes you 358%. uh, Buying and holding makes you 375%. Uh, I don't know too much about this, but I will tell you this one trades. It's a a good trading stock if you want to trade it. And again, most of you guys are younger. Most of you can do this. The other thing that you want to trade on this news that Bitcoin is bullish is GBTC. This one's been floundering between $13 and $14. I don't see this one kind of breaking out anytime soon. I think you're better off on Mara. 
And, and again, I own GBTC, so uh, it is what it is. Um, but I wanted to bring that one up. Now, scans. I'm going to do scans, and then I'm going to do all of the requested stock that you guys did. And I've got four or five of them to go through that, that most people ask me for. Uh, ArcG, which is uh, one of my holdings, uh, just had a, a MACD cross up. And it's at 39.02. Now, the last cross up, you had a buy in June 22nd to $30. You, had, you got out with a 25% gain. Now, could have gotten out with a 30, 40% gain uh, if you sold at the highs, but that button hook happened. Now, you're starting to see it go back up. Uh, $39. Um, I, you know, I'm a big believer in this one. Uh, I don't know that, that I'd necessarily buy at 39. But I will tell you, my average holding on ArcG right now is at 33. So uh, I'm up 17% on that one. Uh, I have not traded that one. Let me see when the purchase history. I bought this back in 2019. So I bought this back in 2019. I've had four other purchases along the way uh, with the year-end dividend that ArcG pays. Um, and most of those are down uh, the first one, 2019, is up 16%. Uh, 2020 is down 58. 2020, uh, 2021 is down 37%. So, uh, yeah. Way down on the last couple of years, way up on the, the other years. Uh, so, uh, her price point is, I think, doubling your money in five years. Uh, Cleveland Cliffs had a cross-up. And let me see, uh, this one entry of $19 and 40 cents. Let's see where it is in pre-market. I think it's going to be down. Um, yeah, it's right around 1936, 1946. Um, I don't know that this is a huge buy, but do I see 21 or 22 in this one? I think at some point you'll see 21 and 22. Uh, it's got that button hook. Like I talked about the last trade, you got in at $16 on June 27. Um, but I said, Hey, I think it's going to go lower. It went down to 14 and you could have gotten out at 20, um, on August 12th. And so 14 to 20, what's that 50% gain? Uh, this got you out with a 5% gain. So I, you know, the algorithm isn't necessarily optimized. The average win on Cleveland cliffs is 15%. Ironically, it's a 50-50, 26 positions, 50% are wins, 50% are losses. So at 19, you're not super high because the 52-week high, let's see, Cleveland Cliffs, um, I think you're right in the middle. You are 35% above the 52-week low, but 43% off the 52-week high. 52-week high is 34. Uh, I don't think it's going back to 34, but again, we had this MACD cross-up. I, again, if I were younger, I'd probably take the chance in 1940. I think Cleveland Cliffs is a good one because if you you only have to get to 21 for a um, a 10% gain. And would I take 10% in this one? Absolutely, I'd take 10% in this one. Uh, I think on the last run, uh, my buddy, I sold out at 23. I think I bought it like 16, 17, but this was way back in February, March. Um, I ran it up to 23 and I sold. And the thing went, up to its 52-week high of 34. I told my buddy at 33, you better get out because it's got this little button hook on it. 
Uh, I think my algorithm's going to get you out. My algorithm did get you out. Uh, this was back February 25th. You had a $21 buy-in. And it got you out after a little button hook, uh, April 12th, with a 46% gain. Ever since then, you've been kind of losing money except for one short little gain of 1%. Um, so it's about time. Maybe it moves past the 200-day at this one. The 200-day, so you guys know, is at 2112. Uh, so I honestly think that it could break that 200-day. It might use the 200-day as support. Um, it hasn't reached the 200-day. Uh, and the 50-day is moving positive. So Cleveland Cliffs is uh, one that I like uh, if you want to get in. And remember Friday, this is Friday. It's hard for me to, to, to tell you to buy on a Friday just because we don't know what's going to happen over the weekend. Do we have a nuclear explosion in Ukraine from that nuclear factory that, that kind of is hit, is offline, uh, was maybe moved to the Russian um, uh, grid? Who knows? Uh, another one that is just a crazy, crazy chart. I would not get into this one, but pins, Pinterest, uh, they had a new feature rollout. I don't know anything about the new feature. I just know there was a new feature rolled out. Um, it's helping them. Their buy-in was at $24. And let's see where you're trading in pre-market. In pre-market, you're right at $24. So it closed at $24.01, you're at $24. But that's a huge, huge spike up. Now, you haven't filled the gap all the way down to 1994. You only got down to a, just above $20. I don't know that that necessarily is going to get filled um, because with a Elliott Management, which is the, um, the, the group that kind of is in this one, they're going to look to uh, make shareholder value optimal. So PINs is one that, that came up. Um, I, it's kind of high for me. The RSI, just so you guys know, went from 31, uh, August 23rd, earlier this week, all the way to 67. So it is way, way overbought. But 24 is your price on that one. Uh, my particular opinion, closer to 20 would probably be a good buy on that. Now, a Dow component that crossed up is Boeing. Uh, Boeing had a crazy good run here. June 16th, um, the, the lows were actually June 14th. June 16th, it crossed up at 133. This one got you out on August 22nd with a 19% gain. Again, a 19% gain in a Dow component. Crazy. Uh, the most recent cross up here is at 169. I think you could go to 200 in this one. Uh, Boeing seems to be doing better. There hasn't been a headline, and, and make no mistake about it, this is a headline stock. When the Boeing Max is out there, when they make jet sales, this one gets pumped up. It's a $400 stock with the, the, the dividend, which has not been reinstated. Doesn't have hope of being reinstated anytime soon. Uh, but if you're into airplanes, this is one. Their next catalyst, October 20, 25th um, earnings. Now, I will tell you there are two volume shelves here below. 157 is the first one. Uh, 141 is another volume shelf, but the most significant volume shelf that I see, and again, I only have this pulled back to highs in March, is 138. 138 is where most people are holding this stock who have purchased since March. 
Uh, that means there may be some profit takers when, if the market kind of takes a dip down. So, uh, Carnival Cruise Line, CCL. I would not buy in. This is not a good business. Had a MACD cross-up at $10.55. You only need to make it to $11 to have a 10% gain. It has been on quite a run coming uh, from down. It was at $19.49, or sorry, $9.49 just two days ago. So, um, yeah, close to a 10% gain in that one. Uh, It's moved quite a bit. Teladoc, I am not a fan of Teladoc, uh, but Teladoc got quite a boost and has a MACD cross up here. Purchase at $34.97. Now, here's the thing. You lose 44% in the algorithm. The average win is 11, but you only have eight wins, 12 losses. Remember, I brought up Cleveland Cliffs. Um, Cleveland Cliffs, you have a well, that yeah 50% win and an average win of 15%. So, do I think you take Teladoc or Cleveland Cliffs? I'd take Cleveland Cliffs all day long over Teladoc if you're trading. Again, these are two different companies, two different businesses, two different models. Uh, Teladoc is based on growth. They're not making money. It's Kathy Wood favorite. Kathy Wood starts buying hundreds of thousands of shares again. Um, you'll see a bump. If she says, hey, uh, we've seen a run on this one and you haven't really seen a run, it's kind of gone up a little bit uh, uh, of recent because the lows are right around 30, 28. Um, so you're at 35 right now. Does she take some profits? Does she do some tax loss harvesting? I don't know. But if she sells a bunch, you could get the rug pulled out from under you. Uh, now, a uh, biotech stock, BNTX, which is BioNTech, uh, had a cross up here at 148.48. This one's interesting because there's a news report out, and I haven't read much about it, that Moderna is suing Pfizer for their, uh, their vaccine uh, process. So the development of the uh, COVID vaccine uh, came about quickly. Um, you're seeing uh, Moderna is completely oversold. There's not a MACD cross up. There might be one. I've said this many times, you can play this one right off the 140 bounce. If you get it below 140, buy it um, because it's going to bounce up with some type of hype. Now, here's the problem. Uh, Most governments, including the U.S. government, will stop spending on COVID. COVID vaccines will no longer be bought in bulk from governments, probably starting next year. So, uh, right now, Moderna is completely on the COVID um, vaccine. They're probably going to have a bounce here in the fall when the uh, Omicron uh, vaccine, which is developed and being bought, they might have a bounce at that point. These guys love, love, love uh, to hype. In fact, Stephen Hoge, who is a president, um, has been selling hundreds of thousands of shares. Um, Bansell Stefan just sold uh, 7.6 million. There's no buying of stock. These guys are just selling millions and millions of dollars of stock um, when you look at this insider selling. Uh, let's see. There has been no sale in this. There's a reward on June 16th, but everything since then, uh, Stefan Bansell has probably sold. I'd say $100 million, $200 million of just in August. Um, and Stephen Hoge probably 
10 million, 15 million. So big insider selling. Uh, I like this one to trade just on hype. I think if you get it under 140, you're good. But BNTX had the cross up. And this is one, again, this is kind of Pfizer's little brother. This is, uh, they developed, BioNTech developed this with Pfizer. Um, they get a bump every time. There's a gap here between 170 and 180. Uh, you could go back to that one. The cross up is at 148. My father held this one. The RSI is down at 38. So it could see a bump up. Um, it's kind, it hasn't covered this gap below though. 134 to 137. So you do have a floor below. I'd put in a stop loss around that point. Um, just below that. Now, a car company, Neo, uh, which is Tesla. I think they're one of the largest. Uh, it's a Tesla competitor in China. Twenty dollars and seven cents. Twenty point zero seven. Cross up yesterday on the MACD. Uh, their earnings are coming up September sixth. Uh, if you look at their last two earnings, they were flat, but right after that, they went up. Um, the only other earnings where they didn't. You know, they kind of slid down, but it was really with the market was April, uh, $20.07. The algorithm makes you 31% on this stock versus buying and holding only makes you 5%. The average win is 24% on this, um, but there are only nine wins and 20 losses. You guys wonder why I love Cleveland Cliffs. You have a 50% chance of a, at least a 15% gain. Take it. Um, so, uh, I think you could take this one into earnings. Um, let's look at XPEV because I do think they had, XPEV is another uh, Chinese automaker. They just had earnings and they crashed on the earnings. Uh, one of the things that I read, and again, I have a lot of Tesla news in my feed, is uh, Chinese uh, electric charging stations have been shut down. Um, so there's a large... There's an energy problem in China. Make no mistake about it. There's an energy problem in China. If they open back up and they get back up and running, they just don't have the energy to support the community, the, all of the citizens. Uh, and specifically with going uh, big on electric, I think by 2025, they want to only have electric cars. Um, so you're looking at a huge influx of electric cars. Infrastructure has been hit. Um, they are having some energy crisis. Uh, so they shut down chargers. But with earnings coming up, I think Neo might be a good play. Again, I'd probably put a stop loss in there of 10%, but I think you could see a, a good upside. Um, another good one, uh, car company that I wanted to bring up. They just had a MACD cross up, but it wasn't a buy signal. You had a buy signal quite a while ago, and you had a buy signal on this one June 12th at 31.91. This is General Motors. I am not a General Motors fan in the least. Uh, they sold, what, four electric cars last year, and Biden says that they're leading the electric revolution. I got a lot of issues with Biden. We can prepare Festivus later. Uh, if you guys watch Seinfeld, Festivus is where you air your grievances. I will air my grievances about the Biden administration later. Um, I was hopeful. I am not so hopeful. Uh, but, uh, again, Biden was by far the better choice. Uh, we can debate that later. But my opinion, we'd be in World War III because the nuclear weapons would have been amassed uh, at the Ukrainian invasion. Uh, whether by us uh, in forward thinking, you know, bombing Russia or Russia bombing us because we got involved with it. So 
but you would have gotten involved. And also, not to get too political, but those that say uh, Putin wouldn't have invaded under Trump, absolute effing lie. Absolute effing lie. The reason Putin invaded had nothing to do with the United States. It had to do with Nord Stream Pipeline. Uh, Merkel was his friend. Merkel was his buddy. And when China, uh, when Trump was in office, uh, Germany chose Russia to, and, and approved uh, Nord Stream 2. Trump rightfully went off on Merkel about that. Merkel was Putin's body. Uh, so the reason the Ukrainian invasion happened is because the new prime minister of Germany uh, stopped Nord Stream 2. And so Putin said, you know what? I'm going to invoke some havoc on Europe for this. Would have happened either administration. Uh, the response is what happened uh, was good. Biden, kudos. But we don't have to go into political. But GM, um, again, I, I, I hate the Biden administration for saying they're leading the electric revolution when the most American-made electric car is a Tesla. 100% here in America. Um, they are not even shipping their Chinese factory orders over here to America. It's all built in Fremont. And you've got the Texas Gigafactory. So 3191 was GM's cross-up. I like their cruise division. That's the only thing that GM has that is of value. Their cars are junk. I don't believe that these are well-made cars. I have friends and, and family who work at GM, uh, who went to work for GM after my grandmother was killed in a GM car. And we found out that it was because GM decided to spend 20 cents instead of 50 cents on a screw on the brakes. Yeah. It's not a well-run company. This is basically a behemoth that has had government bailouts year after year after year. But trading this stock from 3191 back on June 12th all the way up here, it had another MACD cross-up. Their uh, ex-dividend date is August 30th, so next week. I don't think you can get into this one. The RSI is at 68. I just thought it was a good one to bring up. If you bring up their biggest competitor, which is Ford, Ford is doing significantly better. Um, you had a MACD cross-up at 1156. You got sold out a couple of days ago with a 32% gain. You're about to have another MACD cross-up here at 15, 1595. Um, it's going to happen in the next couple of days. Again, it depends on where the market goes. The markets, by the way, took a turnaround. They're positive now on the futures. Uh, but crazy, crazy good. Uh, have I got an hour? I, I've got an hour. I am going to quickly run through uh, the listener. Uh, the first one is from Jackson from Instagram. Uh, Newmont Mining. Uh, and, and by the way, when you guys write to me, I completely appreciate when you guys put in fundamentals of the stocks that you're looking at. Do your little homework before, just a little bit, just something to make it seem uh, like. You, you've looked at this and, and you have a reason to ask about it. Because I, if you're just saying, hey, Newmont Mining, eh, what do you think about it? I'm like, okay, I'll look at it. Eh, I don't know much about it. But here's, here's what Jackson said. The company is Newmont Mining. They're a local go, uh, gold mining company here in Denver. I don't have any exposure to gold, but wonder if it's a good hedge if we head further towards a recession if the Fed is hawkish. The company has mixed earnings over the last few quarters, but the PE is currently 47 and the forward PE is 18. The stock also has a 4.8% dividend. 
It recently had a cross up on uh, August 1st, and it looks like it's crossing up again. I'm thinking about buying in this range around 45. Curious what your thoughts and what your algorithm might say. Thanks so much. Uh, and so Jackson here, well, here's what it is. I will tell you. The uh, algorithm has a buy up here, August 24th. So you're completely right. It did just have a MACD cross up, 45.25. Now, that was when the RSI was at 40. Right now, the RSI is at 49 on the current candle. Their ex-dividend date is September 7th. So you do have a catalyst coming up. Um, so far since April, this has been a falling knife. The algorithm over a thousand candles, remember it's 500 um, trading days uh, because it's a thousand candles. It loses you 30%. Buying and holding loses you 32%. So the algorithm doesn't have a better uh, record in, in this particular stock. And my guess is because it's gold, it's kind of supposed to be steady. This thing has been far from steady. Uh, this thing has been all over the place. Now, over those 1,000 candles, you had 34 positions. Only seven of them were wins. <clears throat> uh, 27 were losses. Your average win is only 6.58%. Uh, now, I know Newmont Mining. Uh, they are a solid company. Um, they are well run. Their PE is 48. So it is expensive. Uh, so far year to date, they're down 27%. Uh, their dividend is 4.87%. So it's solid. Do I like it? Eh. You know, again, the chart. When you, when you talk about trading the trend, um, the trend on this one is just not your friend, whether it's the 9-day, 21-day, 50-day, or 200. Everything's moving in the negative direction. The only thing that seems to have turned around a little bit is the 9-day. Does that mean that you're moving from 44 back up to the 50s? There's some gaps up there. Um, if we are heading into a recession, I think Newmont is probably a good play. Uh, my guess is that if you play it here at 44, let me see. I'll, I'll move. What I'm doing is I'm moving to a weekly chart. And the weekly chart is just much slower, but it gives me an idea of pre pandemic, where were we? Uh, because you always want to talk about pre pandemic and post pandemic. And I don't hear a lot of people talking about this, but pre pandemic is pretty freaking important because pre pandemic tells you exactly where this stock was. Um, in quote unquote good condition. Now, post pandemic, it tells you, hey, people probably ran it up. If you had a stock that was down post pandemic, I mean, come on. I mean, it was energy was the only thing that was going down, and you knew that was coming back. So think about it in that, that, those macro terms. And when I go back to February 2020, you are right at this price. Um, let's see, February, uh, February 24th which was right before, I'll take it back to March 9th, which was right before their big drop down. The opening price on the week was 50. The closing price on the week was 39. So you closed down significantly. Um, now, the next week, you opened up at 34, and you closed at 40, which was a 17% gain. So you've had pretty good move. I would say, when I look at this volume shelf, and I'm going to move this back to the February 24th and the volume shelf, there is no, the bottom of the volume shelf is 43. So if you get it at 43, I'd say 43, but it does look like it's putting in a bottom. The RSI here is at 30. 
The MACD isn't crossing up yet on the weekly, but we know it's crossing up on the, the four hour. So I would say if you wanted to get into this one, I think there's a clear bottom um, kind of being set in this one, if you will. I think the, the actual shelf that I think it would move up to is 53. So if you wanted to put some money into this, I don't think it's your best opportunity right now for a short-term gain, but I don't think you're looking at long-term huge losses. Again, I think the company, when you look at their earnings, 60 cents per share, 69 cents per share. The last earnings that they just had on July 25th, 46 cents per share. Prior to the pandemic, they were at 36, per, 36 cents per share. Um, again, they, they kind of move around. I think it has a lot to do with the price of gold. Great question though, Jackson. Thanks for that one. Let me know if you want more looked at. Uh, another one from Mac from Instagram. Uh, LTC. Here's what he says. I've noticed that LTC Properties, which is a monthly dividend stock, I think it's quarterly though, but I'll, I'll take a look at it, is rated at accumulate with a lot of research firms, uh, i.e. the street, market edge, etc. What does your algorithm say? Let's look at LTC on the algorithm. I think I wrote back to him here. I've had my, my answer was crazy good run. Bollinger Bands look to be indicating a move. Uh, so I wanted to look at the stochastics. I'll put on stochastics. I think I have stochastics on here. Um, yeah, I do. I'll put those on. So this one, uh, LTC, it does pay a crazy dividend. Let's see. Uh, LTC pays a 5% dividend. Uh, I think it's quarterly because it does look like on the algorithm on TrendSpider, it has a quarterly dividend date on September 21st. And the other dividend date was April 20th. So I think it's quarterly. Um, but Mac, uh, you may know better. Do, do a little research into that one. The, um, the floor on this one, let me pull this one back here because this one has been going crazy. And yeah, that there are firms that are saying accumulate this one. Um, oh, come on. Uh, we're going to pull that one back. I had trouble grabbing the volume shelf. The volume shelf here is right at 39. So you've got a base at 39. You're trading at 45. The algorithm had you buy in at 38.33. There is a, a little bit of a button hook with a MACD cross down, but because you've had this run, the nine day is over the 21 day, which is typically confirmation for my algorithm to keep you going. Now, when I look at the stochastics on this one, and stochastics are kind of an RSI, but they're faster acting. If you put up the uh, stochastics versus the RSI, you can see they kind of go right in, but when you look at buy action uh, with an oversold, they're faster to get to the oversold. Now, what I see here is August 24th, the stochastics say, hey, yeah, there's a buy, um, and that, that's with the MACD cross up as well. Uh, it was a double up uh, kind of on August 22nd, the MACD kind of crossed down here but it looks like it's going to cross up again. And that's from August 24th, the stochastics crossed up. Uh, and stochastics, are, again, it's kind of like a MACD RSI mixed in, but the cross up is clear on this one. It's a bullish thing. I think you've still got some territory to run on this one. Would I be buying into this strength? Absolutely not. When you run from 38, let me see, uh, they are 1% uh, off a 52-week high. 0.82. Their 52-week high is 45.35. They're 43% off the 52-week low. Year-to-date performance is 31%. This is a medical REIT. 
if I remember correctly. Um, let me see. LTC properties. Uh, in senior housing and healthcare properties, primarily through sale, leasebacks, mortgage uh, financing, joint ventures, and structured finance solutions, including preferred equity and mezzanine lending. So they hold eight, 181 investments in 27 states and 29 operating partners. Portfolios comp- um, com- comprised of approximately 50% senior housing, 50% skilled nursing properties. So it's a medical REIT. Uh, this is senior housing. There's nothing crazy about it. It's just had a crazy good run. I'd probably take my profits on this one. Um, but again, you're at 52 week highs, maybe take half your profits off. Mac, thanks for the question. Um, Jack from Instagram, uh, Jack from Boston, uh, been digging your podcast. Can you look up ENVX for me? Read and heard nothing but good things. What are your thoughts? So let's look up ENVX. I don't even know what this business is. And by the way, if you're still listening, kudos. And, and if you do write to me, um, kind of like the next guy, uh, Carl from Sweden, he, he mentioned my dogs, or it might have been Corey. Um, somebody mentioned my dog. Everyone's been so nice. ENVX is Enovix Corporation. Uh, and by the way, when you guys ask about stuff, uh, ENVX, um, when you guys ask about stuff, I'm going to leave it towards the end because I want you to listen because Carl's wife says, uh, yay, he got a shout out. ENVX is not making money. Performance year to date down 11%. Uh, they are, let's look at their um, designs, developed and manufactures lithium ion battery. Ooh, like our friend in Indonesia, a lithium uh, battery company. Um, boy, this one's tough to recommend because they're not making money, but lithium is a crazy good business to be in. Now, the algorithm had you buy in. Ooh, you're going to be kicking yourself. Algorithm had a buy-in at 923. Again, future but past performance is not indicative of future performance, but $9.23 on July 7th. Um, they lost 13 cents per share, uh, but the previous quarter, they lost 16 cents per share. So they're getting better. You did just have a second MACD cross-up. You've got a gap here. Um, it looks like it was created on earnings day between 16 and 18. Uh, it kind of came back after earnings and bounced off that 18 mark. It bounced directly off the gap mark. So it hasn't closed this gap. Um, it right now is trading at 24.19. Again, that $9, it's going to get you out at a crazy, crazy gain. Uh, the algorithm makes you 228% on this name. Uh, buying and holding only makes you 89%. Uh, here's the problem. 21 positions. There were only eight wins, 13 losses. The average win was 41%. The average loss is 8%. So my feeling is with this current win that's going on from 923 to where you're probably going to almost triple your money. Um, yeah, I wouldn't buy into this one. Uh, let's see. You are 38% off your 52-week high of $39. I think that's probably where you're going with this one. You are 233% off your 52-week low, which was $7.26. I don't know, you know, again, if you want a lithium-ion battery um, stock, this one may be good. I think there's others out there. Uh, Let me put in ENVX into Fidelity because like I told you guys yesterday, um, they have a great comparison tool. It's just sometimes on these 
underwhelming and not real well known. Yeah, they don't have a comparison. Um, but I think it was Roshni had uh, some good ones. And, and I would look through it. But ENVX, I think it's a good one. I just think you're too far into the run right now. Um, and Jack, I would probably stay away from this one. There's better places to put your money where you can make money versus you could go back down and cover that gap all the way back down to 16. So uh, that, that would be my fear. Carl from Sweden has another stock. He brought up the uh, Novo disc yesterday and, and his wife was super happy that I shouted out his name. Uh, interested that you may like, you don't have to analyze it. Just curious if you read any of the Accelerate Energy. Um, small cap LNG with FSRUs, floating storage and uh, regsification units. The FSUs has suddenly become important to most countries since the land-based supply is short. The stock has had a run since July, but it might be interesting as long-term play um, in the LNG environment. So let's look up um, Accelerate Energy. Let me look up there. Uh, uh, I don't know what they're... Let me see. I didn't research this one. So I'm going on the fly on this one, Carl. Accelerate. E-X-C. There it is. E-E. E-E is the symbol. Ooh, not making money. Um, wow. And it has been, had a good run. It's 47% above its 52-week low. It's 12% up on its below its 52-week high of $30. It's trading at 27. Let me look at the EE in the algorithm for you, Carl. Ooh. And you're going to be kicking yourself like Jack. It had a MACD cross-up here on July 6th. This one's a fairly clean chart. Um, looking back on it, it's fairly new, so we don't even have a 200-day to look at. But the longest uh, moving average that I have is a 50-day. And the 50-day is moving positive. Their last earnings on August 10th, they made $0.78 cents per share. Um, so maybe they are making money. It was a 600% surprise. They just had their ex-dividend date. I didn't know that they paid a dividend. Uh, oh, it's 0.37. Yeah, you're not making money off that one. Um, the volume shelf is very clear that anybody who's bought into this stock, um, I will pull it to a tie back on June. Uh, the volume shelf is clearly at 21. So you had a $21.15 buy to July 6th, which is right at the volume shelf um, where most people are holding. Now there's a volume shelf forming up here at 25. You're trading at 27. So if you bought this one, I would say you're probably going to be going too much higher because again, liquid natural gas, God, you can't get any better than that industry right now. Uh, I think it's amazing. Uh, it's too new to really analyze though, Carl, uh, not enough candles for a, a 200 day. And that, that usually scares me, but from a small player, liquid natural gas, I would say have at it. Again, we talked about EQT. We talked about LNG. Uh, the EQT is America's largest natural gas play. Uh, LNG is probably your best bet to, um, get in on the European price because it's going to be selling cheap American LNG to Europe. Uh, so they're going to have tons of profits. But Carl, I think it's a great, uh, I'll, I add it to 
my uh, look. I just don't think it's big enough. Um, and I, I don't think it's got the volatility right now. But I think you could see a big, big move in that one if they become a bigger player. And like you said, a bigger player in the uh, natural gas space in Europe. Uh, thanks for that one, Carl. Corey from Instagram wanted to reach out for you, give you props on your Spotify podcast. Listens every day, blah, 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 something a lot of people don't cover. Uh, also, if possible, I wanted to get your opinion on a stock with great fundamentals. United Microelectronics has an incredible low PE and solid ROE and ROI. Revenue growth consistently outpacing sector growth, which makes it me believe it is taking market share from their competitors. Just wanted to get your opinion. Maybe I'm overlooking something. And of course, would love to see what your algorithm says. So, Corey, let me look this one up. It's Microelectro- United Microelectronics. Um, United Micro. UMC is the symbol. Uh, UMC, they are making money. Their PE is 7.38. Their forward PE is 7.94. They are 41% off of their 52-week high. They are 11% off their 52-week low. So it is in that downward range. Um, let me see what the algorithm says. And then I'm going to look at some of their competitors or some of the fundamentals. So you had a MACD cross up here. Chart's ugly. There's a bunch of, you know, typically with these smaller stocks, um, you do have kind of, and I want to say ugly chart just because the gaps are all over the place. Um, you know, this is why I like larger caps, larger cap stocks, because you can really tell when the, the, the stuff starts moving. Um, now let me put it into UMC into active trader pro. So I can look at this. This is a medium cap. So 10 day volume is 6.4 million. 90 day volume is 8.7 million. So your volume's not really pushing you towards anything. There's only 2% of these uh, shares that are short. So nobody's looking for it on the downside. Um, it does, the MACD does have you out of it right now. Uh, but it looks like it's trying to creep back up. Um, literally, there is nothing that's kind of pointing it upwards. It's kind of moving sideways. In fact, the market just opened and it's kind of moving downwards. The RSI is at 47. It's in no man's land. Uh, the only catalyst that you have is October 25th, which is way out. Um, they just announced earnings, a good increase in earnings. Um, it was a, a miss by only 2%, um, which, you know, for a, an electronics company with supply chains and stuff like that to only miss by 2%, it's not bad. It did dip down. Again, 678 is the buy-in. You're trading at 685 right now. Um, but you're out. I, I, you know, again, I think there's better places to put your money. Uh, if this is a long-term buy, uh, I don't see, let me put it into fidelity to see if I can see some of their competitors. Um, let's see. I don't think you're missing anything per se. Um, but Corey, I would say, let me look at the comparisons real quick. IBM and Intel. So here's, here's an interesting one. You may have stumbled onto something, but I, I do think with IBM and Intel, you're looking at probably a, um, it's a semiconductor. Oh God, semiconductors. The problem is you have is who are their clients and, and who are they taking a share from? Um, let me see. 
their description operates a semi in Taiwan, foundry in Taiwan, Singapore, China. So the United States, Europe, and internationally, the company provides circuits, design, mass tooling, water fabrication, and assembly and testing services. It serves fabless design. Ah. I mean, this is so small. Uh, the, the last two, uh, Citigroup and Nomura on Finviz, they have downgrades, buy to sell. So I've got to think that I, I don't think you're missing anything. Uh, I think the analysts probably have it right. When you have Fidelity saying, hey, IBM and Intel are kind of competitors, um, here's what I see. And, and, and this is what's interesting. The industry average beta for a semiconductor stock is 1.3. Remember, the closer you get to one, the, the more volatile it is. The more we like it as traders, the less we like it as uh, investors. UMC has a beta of 0.55. So in that realm, you better damn well have a good dividend to, uh, to throw at me. Um, their dividend is 11.54%. So they did, if you look on Finviz though, it's interesting. They did just have a double bottom. So again, I, the, the, the algorithm hasn't had a MACD cross up. You, the last uh, out you got was for a 1% loss. The average win is 15%. The average loss is 3%. Um, you know, maybe throw a couple hundred bucks in this one. See, see if you're right. I'll keep it on there. Uh, again, my guess is that the dollar amount that you want to buy this at is about 640 to 650 That would kind of be my price because I think there's a, there's a gap here that goes all the way down to 636 Will you be upset if you bought it at 640 if it goes down to cover 636 No. I think you're fine. With an 11% dividend, I don't see an ex-dividend date. Um, let me see if I see it. Ex-dividend date, 721. They ha just haven't announced it. It's, a, it's funny. Um, Fidelity has their dividend at 4.11, and Finviz has their uh, dividend at 11.54. So if you're going to buy in the stock, tell me what the dividend is first. <laughs> Do more research on that one. Uh, but I don't think that you're missing anything. I think you've gotten uh, the, the fundamentals of it right. Corey, congratulations on that one. Great question, and thank you. Um, let me look. I think that's it. Um, there was one other one that I want to bring up. SBNY. And this is a small bank. Um, financials, it's signature bank. It, it's not small by any means. but uh, here's what, what I read and heard someone say. It's a commercial bank. Uh, it's the first bank to, to use blockchain um, as a, in their payments. It's interesting. And, and I, I thought that was interesting in that it might be a hype play. They're about to have a MACD cross up. Their RSI is at 51. Um, let's look at SBNY. Um, they have a 1.1% dividend. Their PE is 12. Um, their forward PE is 7. They are 15% above their 52-week low. They're 49% off their 52-week high, and they just had a double bottom. So uh, my guess is that you could probably get this. The last buy was at 185, and you got out at about 180 with a, looks like a 4% loss, 3% loss, somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, you do have some gaps up here that seem need to be filled at about 200. 
I would say if you can get this probably around 180, um, I think that would be a great buy. Uh, they had around their earnings, huge, huge volume spike. Ever since then, volume's just been down. So you haven't had a, a, a rally led, but it was interesting. The only reason why I bring this up is because uh, of the blockchain and their payments, and you can do more research on it. Um, again, uh, scans, I, I would say Cleveland Cliffs, God, you, you know, you had a MACD cross up, you have a 50% chance of winning on that one. Um, Steve Weiss adding EQT, LNG is still in play. Uh, Boyle is crazy, crazy good. Um, Newmont Mining for Jackson, great one. Remember, SPY is seasonal, 10, 10 a.m. In a half hour, we're going to have Jay Powell speak. Probably won't move the market, but let me look at the markets. As I'm speaking, the NASDAQ is down by 0.1. Um, the, the Dow Jones is up by 0.1. Uh, the VIX is up 0.92 at 21, 21.98, maybe at 22. Um, the number one mover most active is drug, bright minds, biosciences. This one was crazy good yesterday. Um, it's Chinese stock, it looks like. DRUG. Let's see. Yeah, yesterday it was trading in the $2 range. Today it's trading in the $4 range. Um, back on uh, Wednesday, it was trading in the, let's look at it in the algorithm. God, I, I'm crazy. So I look at the most active sometimes and I'm like, God, what, what would have been? Yeah, algorithm buy-in August 9th at $1. But who would have known? Oh, one thing I want to bring up. Uh, remember I told you my uh, friend who's uh, been pretty much involved with every major crash of stock and company that he's worked with said Avaya. Well, Avaya we had at a dollar and I kind of briefed on it when it was right at about a dollar, I think, a couple days ago, maybe a dollar ten, ninety-five cents, I think, is where I said um, earlier today, earlier this week, it's at a dollar fifty-seven. So probably should have taken that that trade. Again, they're they're having earnings problem. This is probably just you know the the the, the issue that you have buying in at a dollar fifty right now is the RSI is at sixty seventy-six, seventy-six. It's crazy over oversold, overbought. I mean, you don't want to get in on this one. Even the last time um, it got up here, uh, the stock was at, uh, I'm sorry, it hasn't even been this high in recent times. Um, the last time the RSI was up this high was way back November 27th. Uh, it was at 65 and the stock moved from 21 to 20. <laughs> So even though the RSI was super high, it just moved down a dollar. I think again, if you get a ten percent move down of fifteen cents, I think it could move to a dollar sixty from a dollar fifty, um, or dollar forty to a dollar sixty. That it's a great move if you want to trade it. Um, I, he seems he's a salesman for this company. There's a clear volume shelf here at a dollar. A dollar is probably your best buy-in point. A uh, dollar to a dollar fifteen. Anything above that, you're just kind of risking. But he's made a good move in it. So I wanted to bring that one up. Remember, it's Friday. Be careful what you're trading. TQQQ is probably your best bet today. Um, I, and I say that knowing that Jay Powell is speaking. If he just doesn't say anything or if he says, yeah, we're going to look at a 50, cent, uh, 50 basis point move instead of 75, 
you just see TQQQ go up like crazy. TQQ yesterday was up by uh, 5%. That's a great move in TQQQ. And again, I'm sorry. It's been an hour and a half. I am just rambling on. Um, hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Hopefully I had good uh, information for you. Thanks again for listening. I will be back Monday. Have a great weekend for me and the dogs. Take care.